Welcome down to um, Sunny Hill Church's Leadership Podcast. My name is Richard. I'm so pleased you could join us. And I'm excited to have Dom Bird with us, yes. lead pastor of Sunny Hill Church, who's going to be kind of speaking through the session he did a few weeks ago on vision activators. Mm. Uh, it was such a great kind of session we did. I found it really challenging. But before we get into some of the content, if there's one thing you want people to leave with, what would it be? Yeah, the thing I'd want people to leave with uh, would be this idea that vision needs activating. Um, it's one thing to have a vision, an idea of your preferred future, and it's another thing to even write down the vision, but it's a whole other thing to get people to run with the vision. I love what it says in Habakkuk 2. Um, it says, write down the vision, make it plain, so that people may run with it. And I think our job as leaders is not just to think about our preferred future, but it's also how do we move towards that preferred future? What, what are the activating agents that are going to move us in the direction of our vision. Um, and so I'd want us to leave with that big idea that vision needs to be activated, not just conceived, not just spoken about, but activated. That's great. Uh, so in the session that we did, you spoke about the four aspects of church. Yeah. Beliefs, vision, values, and culture. Yeah. I wonder if you can unpack that a little bit, define each of them, and also speak through how you see these four different aspects connecting to each other. Yeah, I mean, through, through conversation... Um, Often we've, we've batted back this back yeah. and forth for a while now. Um, I think I see four key elements to building healthy church uh, and impacting church. Uh, beliefs, uh, vision, values, culture. Um, and I think one of the hardest things is to bring definition to those areas. So how, how does our vision uh, differ from our values and how do they rely? How does our culture relate to our vision and our values and how do we define them differently? Um, so we, we always use a picture with our staff team and ministry heads and if you've seen this before I apologise I end up drawing this more than anything else in my life but I think it's a real great starting block to get a, an understanding around what we're talking about. So we, we picture life as a road um, and the church as a car if you like and so for those of you who can't see down, you hopefully can see my picture. If not, there's a car on the road. Um, and I would say that our beliefs, the thing that we believe about God, the things that we believe about one another, the things that we believe about church, essentially are our chassis. It's the yeah. thing that holds us together in one space. It's the thing that keeps us protected against the elements outside the car. Beliefs are fundamental. Like if you don't know what you believe as a church then you've really got to get to grips with that. What is it we believe? Because what you believe will inform where you're going and what you do. Um, and so our beliefs are essentially our chassis, if you like. Then the next element that I think is really important in church life is vision. And so because we're Sunny Hill, I've drawn a little hill with a sun behind it. I don't know if you can see it there. Um, which is obviously our preferred destination. So I'll write vision there and I'll write our beliefs here. Now, it's really interesting because we talk about these elements, but I think a really helpful question is, what is the question that that element presents? Yes. So the question that Good. beliefs presents really is, good. what do we believe? So number one, what do we believe? That's the first question that's presented to us. What yeah. do we believe? The second vision, the, the second question that relates to vision is, where are we going? I think what's really interesting, so what do we believe and where are we going? If you go back just a few years, maybe 30 or 40 years, yeah. um, I think you would find, and even in my ministry experience in the last 12 years, I, I would see even a shift in that time where at first membership or partnership, however you, whatever you call it, has all been shaped around our beliefs. What are our beliefs and people coming into unity solely on we believe the same things. 
Now, beliefs are important, but I believe in recent history we've made this move to actually people not so much asking the question about beliefs, but people saying, well, where is it you're going? Does it resonate with my heart? Does it resonate with my family? These things are really crucial, critical. So it's important that we have clarity. But I think the next thing that often churches don't often think about or labour or or consider is essentially, and, uh, you know, at the risk of my own embarrassment, I'll show you a picture of my engine in the car bonnet which for me is to do with values. Um, It's the value question. And the value question says, what do we do? Now, I I, I think that in the kingdom of God, there are generic values that span every church of Jesus Christ. The value of word, the value of worship, the value of prayer, the value of mission. And all those things are great and we should value those. But I think so often those things are more to do with our beliefs than our values. I think that God has wired every church to be different and has got a different vision, different purpose for every church. And so when we were considering our values, we got more forensic about, well, what is it? we believe God is calling us to value as a church. And what is it that's going to, if you like, propel us towards our vision? And so it's a great question. What do we do? Uh, So at Sunny Hill, as an example, uh, you know, we we love generosity. That's one of our values. We love innovation. That's one of our values. We love growth. That's one of our values. We love excellence and we love the next generation. Those are the things that we value that may be different to the church down the road. Um, But it's a really important area. And I think the fourth element that often gets confused with values is culture. I think most churches often struggle to differentiate what's the difference between culture and values. Well, this is where I would put the culture issue. And uh, this is a really bad drawing, but hopefully you can see on my car there's windows, steering wheels and seating. We would define culture by the fabric of the church. In other words, what is it like when you get in the car? Um, And the question, I'd say there's kind of a double-barreled question here with point four. Uh, with culture which is this is how do we do it okay so your values are what do we do culture question is how do we do it but even leading on from that is how how does it feel Mm. Um, yeah it's really good and I think it's really important question to ask because most of the time we steer away (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) we steer away from wanting to talk about feelings and yeah. experience, because in the church, our perception is, is that feelings are superficial, that feelings are, aren't a replacement for faith or solid teaching or anything. And we would obviously agree and say, you know, feelings don't replace the need for quality of substance and doctrine and all that stuff. But the truth is, the, the question that the world is asking isn't going to the church, hey, what do you believe? It's actually... How do I feel when I'm with you? Um, And so I wouldn't say that it's a more important question than the what do we believe, because as a church we need to have that base covered. But what I would say is the question of our age is how does it feel when I'm there? And even if you're a Christian, you'll know this. You'll know why you have your preferred coffee shop, because you feel a certain way. You like the taste. There are things that we could call uh, superficial. You know, actually you are opting for them. And I think as a church, we need to understand that these questions, as we get more forensic and drive down the chain, become more important. And so I was just saying to some leaders yesterday that if you're a Christian, you know, or a seasoned believer, what's important to you is beliefs primarily, vision, values, culture, right? Which is great, and that's cool, because as a Christian, we should want to hold on to our beliefs. But if you're not a Christian, the questions they're asking actually flow in reverse. They're actually, how do I feel 
what do you do? Where are you going? Okay, what do you believe? Yeah. Um, now, neither are right or wrong, but I think if you're wanting to build a missional church, if you're wanting to build a missional people, then we have to get comfortable with talking about how does this place feel. I love what you say. Richard's a great thinker with stuff like this, where you talk about the fabric of the car. Maybe you should share yeah. a bit of that about the fact that if you go and buy a car, yeah. what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, one of my reflections in terms of what Dom is speaking about is I know that when I go buy a car, and you may be like me, I know Dom definitely is like me. I honestly don't look at the engine. I don't lift up the bonnet. If I looked at it, all I would see is an engine and I would think, I'm happy there's one there. I have an electric car, it's not even an engine in it. it it's got a motor, so that's ridiculous. Um, but what I am cared about is the fabric. Yeah. I'll get inside the interior. Uh, 20 years ago when I was growing up, if you had a car with a cassette tape, yep. you were the Mac Daddy. Boom. Now if you have a car with a cassette tape, you need to get rid of that car. You are the granddaddy. Yeah, yeah you're the granddaddy. And so actually the, the fabric or culture is so important because it's the first thing people look at. Yeah. When it comes to a car, it's the first thing I look at. And kind of I think it's interesting to just reflect for a moment, even in your own ministry and in your own team, do you put more emphasis on trying to convince people of the beliefs than maybe actually thinking through the fabric and culture yeah. Yeah, yeah. of what you're delivering? Because for the people who you're trying to impact and reach out, you might need to do a run-up and go, actually... If we have got great culture, if we make yeah. it feel really good, yeah. it's going to help them to understand why we do what we do. And as they understand why we do what we do, yeah. it's going to help them to see where we're going. And the minute they get where we're going, they're going to want to know why we're going there. What is yeah. the very things we believe? And actually, it's that run-up that really helps them. So important. Um, in the session that Dom did, he, he, he had an interesting comment, and I made a note of it. He said this. He said, vision does not only bring buy-in, it also brings checkout. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was an interesting phrase because we hear a lot of people speaking about the buy-in of vision, yeah. but not the checkout yeah. of vision. And I was wondering if you could open that up a bit because I think it's so important in what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's just the season in which I became a leader, but Bill Hybels was the big yeah. noise and wrote an incredible book like Courageous Leadership and loads of others, axioms and um, loads of other things. Um, but I think one of the things that we've been slightly missold on is this idea that vision is only ever a unifying factor yeah. and that vision only ever brings buy-in yeah. that like as soon as you've got your preferred future and as soon as you can uh, articulate that clearly you know people are just like great now we know where we're going i mean that that verse is spouted i spout it all the time proverbs 29 that where there's no vision people perish yeah. so we just assume that by having a vision all of a sudden people are going to flourish um, and buy and go, oh, where have you been all my life? Thank you for having a vision that's in line with us. But actually, I think, biblically, we see something really interesting happen. I can't, I can't think of an occasion or, or, or a moment in Scripture where a vision, dream, or purpose is given to a person mm. and for that vision to not come under fire by opposition. Because yeah. actually, vision shouldn't just attract buy-in, it should also attract check-out. Because uh, for every person yeah. that the vision resonates with, there's probably another person where actually it doesn't resonate at all. And so I think we have to get comfortable and secure as leaders to go, this is our vision, and we understand that the clearer we get with our vision, we're going to see hearts buy in, but equally we're going to see hearts check out and move out. Yeah. Um, and I think we have to get okay with that. I mean, I don't know if we want biblical yeah. examples, but the Bible's littered with them. Yeah, Moses, 
you know, gets a vision of an Israel, of an Israel that's free uh, from the, the rule and tyranny of Egypt, um, comes under fire by the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Um, Joseph gets a dream of prominence and he comes under fire by his own family, his brothers. Abraham gets a vision of the multiple nations and generations that are going to come through his line, puts him at odds with his own wife, Sarah. Yeah. David, who gets given a purpose by Samuel to be king over yeah. Israel brings him into direct conflict with Saul. Even in the New Testament, Paul, Peter, as they're getting clear on their vision, so Peter gets a vision of the sheet lowered from heaven, understanding that Gentiles are now included in the party, puts him at odds with the Judaistic church. Jesus himself, who has a vision of the cross, puts him at odds with Peter, where Jesus has to rebuke him. Like I think it's really naive of us to think that yeah. vision and purpose isn't going to bring opposition and isn't going to present yeah. enemies in some way. And I think that if we want a church where we just think that everyone is just going to buy in and go, this is the best thing ever, then we're really ignorant of the matter that in Scripture, vision can be as divisive as it is yeah. unifying. Yeah. And if we know that what we're carrying is from God, then we have to get comfortable with that. Yeah, I think that what Dom said is so important. And it would seem like clarity is the key. The clearer yeah. you get yeah. on the vision the more you open up for the possibility of opposition. Yeah. Uh, on a team, how do you deal with that opposition when it comes? Uh, I think it's a great question. Um, and I think that essentially every leader deals with conflict slightly different to do with that personality and their nature. If you like conflict, you may go in guns blazing. If you're conflict shy, you might just bury your head and hopefully it will blow yeah. over. Um, but normally these things do need addressing. And yeah. I think what's really important for any leader that serves in an organizational church is that they move from understanders of vision to owners of vision. Yeah. Um, so whilst I would say at Sunny Hill, no one carries the vision for the one stronger than me and Louise, yeah. I, I would expect it to become the vision of our ministry heads and our staff team yes. to the point where they become defenders of it. But not just defenders, yes. but secure enough to go, this is who we are. Yeah. So actually, conflict isn't always bad. And I think that people are different sides of the spectrum. So for some people... You will have people who um, buy in instantly and go, oh man, that resonates, I'm all in, what can I do? Those people are really easy to lead, they're fun to lead. Um, but then you've got another sector of people that would be, uh, I like it, but I have some questions and they may adopt a bit later. Um, and they're okay too and we have to journey and the best gift we can give to them is clarity. Yeah. You know, when they question stuff to go, yeah, this is why we do it. This is why. And I think the power of why is really important in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got super late adopters, people who will just take their time, but aren't harmful. They're just yeah. going to, you know, take their time kind of coming on the vision wagon. And then you have another camp, which is just people who are never going to get it yeah. and potentially resist you at every obstacle. Um, and I think what we have to become better at leaders is to try and not fight to keep them yes. and understand that actually the vision that God's given us for the future can't always be inherited by every person. I think it's really interesting with, uh, in the Bible with the 12 spies and all that. You know the story, hopefully, where God tells Moses that the land is ready for occupation and the 12 spies go in and two spies come back with a positive report, Joshua and Caleb, and the 10 spies are kind of coming with a good report, but full of fear and disbelief. They don't think yeah. they can contend for it. And essentially the whole community is won over by the, the resistance of the 10. And the, the long and short of it is a whole generation yeah. misses out on the promised land and only Joshua and yeah. Caleb can lead the generation in. And so I think we have to get comfortable and understand in the big picture and the narrative of God that God is okay 
<laughs> you know, with not with not every person coming in on yeah. the vision. Um, but I think as leaders, we often work against that. I think no, everyone has to come. You know, we have to try and make sure that it's palatable and make sure that it's it's uh, you know acceptable and all inclusive. Mm-hmm. But I think we just have to go. No, this is who we are. This is what we're about. We'd love for you to come with us. But actually understand this is a front for issue. This is a privilege. This is, yeah. you're going to see some awesome things. Yeah, this is so the best good. thing for you, the best place for your family, the best place yeah. for your spouse. This is the best place you can spend your life. Um, and I think as we become owners and become a bit more proud of the vision we carry yeah. is really important. But I would say that clarity is really key. So the more clarity we have as leaders, the more ownership we can take over it. And we can just keep bringing that, banging that drum, blowing that trumpet so that it becomes clear to our team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think clarity for leaders when it comes to the vision is is crucial. Yep. It, it, it will give you justification to understand why people are leaving mm-hmm. and to actually get comfortable with yep. that. They're not just leaving because they yep. don't like you. They really are at odds with the preferred future that God has yep. Yep. for, as, as in our context, us at Sunny Hill. Yeah. I also think clarity helps make people locate their own personal life visions yeah, yeah. into the vision of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They begin to see how by helping the church's vision come to fruition actually their own personal vision where they're going is actually going to so be realized so and it's only in clarity that that can um, happen and it's only in clarity that we can help move our teams towards yeah. that and I think at that point help deal with some of the opposition because I think like Dom said which is really really good and worth considering not everybody who shows opposition is actually against it yeah it's true. some of them are just on a journey yeah. to slowly get there and there are a group um, who are yeah um, and I'm just saying so yeah before we move on um, something I said to the staff team uh, when I presented this whole idea and theme was this idea that we're okay with people leaving if they understand what we're about. Yeah. If they have total yeah. clarity over the direction, the values and the culture of the church and then decide this isn't the church for me, we're cool with that. Yeah. What we can't have is people leaving because they're confused or don't understand. Yeah. They think they understand, but they don't yeah. understand. So that's why clarity really matters. And I think if we can be confident that we're offering clarity, then when people go and they say, this isn't the church for us, actually the best thing we can do is go, cool, there's plenty of great churches around here. Yeah. Maybe this isn't for you. But I think what we can't have is people not understanding what yes. we're about and where we're going and have them leave, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, and so in the session that we were busy doing, um, while speaking through vision, you began to use this term vision activators. Yeah. And I love this term. I've never heard yeah. anyone use it. I just thought, oh, what a great term. And I was hoping you can unpack a little bit about what you were meaning when you began to talk about vision activators. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just this idea of, like I said at the start of the session, having vision is one thing, writing vision is another, but running with vision, activating vision is a whole other issue. Um, and I think, you know, applying this to the Bible, where Noah got a vision of the rain that was coming and the purpose that God was placing on his and his family's life, that wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough to get the ark built. At some point, Noah and his sons had to pick up hammers, pick up tools, pick up saws, start chopping down trees, because the vision that God had given him needed activating, needed switching on. Um, Moses, for example, had to stand before the Pharaoh. It wasn't good enough for him to just stand at the burning bush feeling warm and fuzzy inside, going, oh, this is great, God's got a purpose for my life. At some point, he had to leave the comfort of the wilderness where he was living with his family and go to the most powerful empire in the world and stand before the most powerful man in the world and say, listen, man, you've got to let these people go. I think with David, David didn't just jump from the pasture from tending the sheep to the palace. Actually, David had to go to the battlefield and de- defeat Goliath. 
he had to overcome giants and also go on the run from so there was things that these guys needed to do yeah. uh, and girls needed to do in order to not just conceive a new future to not just dream about it and write about it but to actually contend and activate it and I think in church as leaders we up and down the country we, we think there's, there's power in vision statements just by going um, you know knowing Jesus and making him known or being Jesus to the community or whatever it may be and all those things are cool but the, the question that I feel burdened to ask is yeah but so what like yeah. what does that mean like how do you switch that on how do you yeah. activate that vision so I think for me vision activators is this idea that you know doing things that are going to actually move you so I said to our team that a clearer picture of the vision doesn't move you an inch it doesn't like if you've got a preferred like destination in mind let's say it's the Caribbean if you wanted to go on Caribbean and I showed you multitudes of pictures and videos, yeah. it doesn't move you an inch. What it does do is it moves your heart, yeah. but it doesn't move your legs. Yeah. Um, and I think that vision is great for creating passion in people. Yeah. Bill Hybels talks about that. Yeah. But we have to think more forensically about that. Okay, yeah. so we've got the heart. How do we move the legs? And I think vision activating is essentially yeah. what next, you know, those things. I mean, I think it's so good because even in that example you were using, you could even buy me a ticket, which you yeah, should, yeah, yeah. to go to the Caribbean. Yeah, I'm maybe. not saying don't, maybe. but I would still need to choose to take the ticket, yep. make use of the ticket, yes. get on the plane and actually go there. Yeah. And it feels, even at times, everybody's saying either to leaders or to the, whoever's yeah. heading up a team, hey, can you tell us what to do? Can you get us there? And yes. even if they present it, it still requires the activators to step up and Absolutely. actually do something with it and make use of it. A thousand percent. So what would you think are some of the vision activators for us at Sunny Hill? And hopefully this will help those of you who aren't at Sunny Hill or are leading in different contexts to just think about how you could frame some of this for where you are. But we're going to just speak from our context because it's yeah. what we know. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think activators are values, culture, and ultimately execution or expression yeah. or behaviors even, depending on what terminology you like. Um, I, I think this becomes really key because I think what we're looking for is not just random expressions of vision. We're looking for intentional shifting of behaviours in the people, shifting of yeah. practices and expressions. So for us, I think we've found that by giving language to our culture is really important. But not just giving language to what culture we're looking for, but giving opportunities for the church to grow into yes. that. And giving church the opportunity to connect to that is really important. Because... How else does vision get a reaction um, other than by seeing it manifest in a behaviour at grassroots level? So for example, as an example, let's take our value of building for the next generation. So we are passionately committed about building for the next generation. Not because we believe they're a church of tomorrow, but because we believe that they're the church of today. That they are as much a part of what we're doing as we are, and so we need to disciple grow, develop and equip uh, the 0 to 18s in the life of Sunny Hill. Now, I, you may find some believers who kick against the value and go, no, actually, I believe this is just for my generation. Well, you know, that may be your view, you'll be wrong, but that may be your view. But I think ultimately, the, the value itself won't necessarily divide a conversation, I don't think. But what will divide a conversation is, okay, so if that's our value, what does that mean for our worship? Okay, what that may mean for our worship is that we're going to go quite loud because we know that the next generation, uh, they enjoy loudness. It's really interesting if you look at the dynamics of worship. A certain demographic and older love to be able to hear their own voices singing. Yeah. They find that encouraging and inspiring. 
But really the next generation, and not just the next generation, but people who aren't in the habit of going to church, the last thing they want to hear is their own voices singing. Mm. And so as a church, we have to make an intentional behaviour decision yeah. that for us, worship needs to be louder, it needs to be fresh, it needs to be modern. Now, so people may not kick against the vision for the one, the fact that we're for the unbeliever, and people may not kick against the value mm. for the next generation, but what they will kick against is... The, the tools that we're picking up to carve yeah. the shape of the church. Yeah. Um, and so I think for us, that's what it would look like on the ground, that actually thinking through the practices and expressions of what we do, the expressions of the value, and actually I think that's where you'll find the dividing line, that's where clarity really comes. Yeah. People will rarely leave because of the vision, but they will leave because of behaviours. Yeah. Um, so I think the more forensic we can get with that, yeah. I think the better for us, to be honest. Yeah, I think that what you were saying is... Um, really really good because i think that once you begin to get clarity in the behaviors or expression it's where the vision really takes root but also yep. where you begin to have to really deal with some of that opposition that come and i feel like not a lot of people spend enough time thinking through the behaviors thinking yeah. through the expression what will this really look like on the ground yeah, yeah. but spend a lot more time going this is our vision this is our vision yeah, yeah, yeah. and never moving it kind of down through the filter definitely um and just to pull this back in now to where we began i think what's interesting about it is if we think of the picture we had in the beginning of kind of the interrelation between beliefs, visions, values, and culture. Dom's fantastic drawing of a car. Definitely need to pursue some artist kind of um, job. Is that actually answering this question around vision activation and activating vision is crucial to being able to really see people engage into yeah, the life yeah. of what you do into your leadership and into your ministry. Because it's actually at that point on the ground where the culture is yeah. that normally the first connections of how I feel and the run-up to believes begin Absolutely. to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what's great about this idea is that um, as you work through each thing's beliefs, vision, values, culture, expression, it becomes increasingly collaborative yeah. as, as you work down the spectrum. Yeah. Beliefs, almost only God can be the, yeah. you know, and, and vision, I think, is between God and the leader, that's yeah. what I think, or maybe yeah. in your setting, God and the leaders. Um, I think values becomes a leadership exercise. Yeah. Because we're now taking what God has given us, just in the way that God gave uh, vision to Moses and spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to the people, yes. so values and religion. Culture becomes a more widely shared discussion, understanding. But I actually think the thing with uh, expression and behaviours, actually, I, I would see in a Sunny Hill setting, we should be empowering our ministry leaders. Now in light of the vision, values, yeah. and our preferred culture, what does this mean for your team when you're meeting in this setting? What does this mean for the next gen team, yeah. for the cafe team, for the welcome team? What are the behaviours of the team you want to see that embody the culture of the church? Yeah. So in the same way our worship team would set the music levels and set the song selection, you know, maybe the welcome team, are we a doors open church or are we a doors shut church? So even if it's freezing cold, do we keep the doors open because we believe culturally it says a message of openness? Mm. Those are the conversations yeah. I think become really interesting. Yeah. They're really specific, yeah. clinical, but I think also even that exercise itself has the potential to grow leaders yeah. as you bring the conversation to them. That's really good, and we're going to kind of end there. It's been great kind of spending the last couple of minutes with you guys. Thank you so much, Dom, yeah. for what you've brought. What a great session. Uh, if you want to kind of find out more or discover more, keep coming back to this channel. We're going to be uploading videos over the course of the next couple of months and hopefully beyond that. 
just speaking through some leadership challenges, leadership teaching that we're busy doing down here at Sunny Hill. So do come back and join us. Uh, we hope to see you at one of our campuses or one of our sites. And if you're not close or you don't kind of live move, here or you move. don't come to Sunny Hill, move. move. Come down and join us. But we hope wherever you are, you found this beneficial and that will impact your leadership. Have a great rest of the day. Come on. Beautiful.